0: On this episode of menstruction
1: And so imagine you first time college. Imagine mm-hmm. your first time you being out of your town or whatever, yes. right? Yeah. You in a city by yourself. Yes. You don't know nobody else. You 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 got a trunk. <laughs> your trunk is everything you ever own. It's in this truck. You got two pairs, nigga, two pairs, two shirt. You know what I'm saying? It. You got just, just just the, just the, all you got is a Harry Potter trunk. And, and you just, <laughs> all you got is the Hogwarts standard of truck truck. Yeah, <laughs> and you expected to come out four years and and lift up the family. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's like yo, it's insane. And and I feel like I feel like this should have more widespread first year, like mandatory. If you're a first year college student, come to these programs and get paired up with a mentor, or mm-hmm. get paired up with somebody. Mm-hmm. Or if you're from out of town. Or if, you know, like certain categories should get certain programs because I feel like, like you said, you're just thrusting your own. Oh, yo, party, party tonight, let's go. Yeah. I never went to a party before.
0: It was a brick by brick and a stone by stone, Rome wasn't built in a day, it wasn't done alone, see the spirit is the merit and the mind is the home, it takes a whole village to get a child out this home, yes, to be a great man without good instructions, a surefire way to lead a life of destruction, let's be honest, sit down and tune in, put an hour of your life into some instruction. <laughs> greetings 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 and salutations my beautiful souls and spirits coming through your airwaves right now is black velvet and this is The the place where we provide the beneficial bricks to fortify the structure that is you incorporated that is you incorporated yo we're back at it again. It's been an interesting time. Um, there have been a lot of things put on the table. Work on pushing out to you guys with the podcast. i have been having some great conversations with a lot of people. So hopefully getting a whole lot more guests moving forward um, the rest of this year and getting some other variation and some content. I think I'm going to try doing an album review. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I'm going to try something out with that. It'll be kind of an extension of the notable quotable series. If you have not gone to listen to the first episode of notable quotables, I don't really know what you're doing here. Okay. Unless this is your first episode, this is your first episode listening. Then first of all, thank you. Thank you. It's all love. Take a second. Think about the decisions you've made and pat yourself on the back because you made a great one because we we building some greatness over here. Believe that. Let's get right into it. I am blessed this week, this episode, I got another guest for you guys, and we're going to have a wonderful, fantastic, enlightened conversation, not only because when I met this brother here I already knew that this was one of the many torches in the great cave of darkness that seems to be the 2020s. This man is really he's riding a wave right now because, you know, he just secured that big bachelors. You know what I'm saying? The big bachelors hes he's riding high right now. He's feeling that the cap is enlightened. OK, the cap is without cap It's—it's—it's going to be good, man. I, I just feel like There's only so much that I can say about him without, you know, burying the lead. You know, I got to let him be able to speak for himself. Without further ado, I would like to welcome to the building space. My brother, Mansa here to build with us brick by brick, stone by stone.
1: How are everybody doing? My name is uh, Monza Aziz. I am a recent graduate with a Bachelors of Arts in Cinema and Television from Dean Morehouse College. Uh, I'm from a small town New Jersey called Voorhees uh, in another small town called Lawnside. I was born in Maryland. And, yeah, uh, um, he helped me out uh, create the biggest project I've ever done. Um, sure. And he's good friends with a brother of mine, Willotti. So, glad I got to meet Black Velvet. To me, he's a good dude, so i uh I was welcome to be invited on the podcast so I'm yes glad sir to be here.
0: yes sir let's get let's give that brother a round of applause one time yes yes that's right it is an honor to have you here i was absolutely in love with how passionate you were about being a guest on the platform because, you know, we live in a time now where everyone's creating their own platform. And so it's not uncommon to hear somebody say, hey, I'm working on this right now. You know, I'm starting my own things. And most people just kind of be like, yeah, OK, that's cute. That's great. Hey, you know, yeah, I'll check it out for sure. For you to come through and you were actually poised to do it. I, I love that. Like that, that is the kind of energy that I, I of course, want to manifest here. That's what it's all about. Newly grad, How is that? Like, how how is that life?
1: I uh, I don't know. I, I had a um, chance to settle in. You know, I spent all my life in school. Yeah, my family loves school. I, I I despise it. So it's just now. Nah, <laughs> yeah, so I despise, despise it. school <laughs> as an institution. is invalid to me. I just <laughs> I just I, I don't like it. And, and yeah. so my family loves school for no reason. Right. Um, my 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 uh, Jeda or grandmother in English is you know still working towards work a PhD. In her very golden age, you know, she shouldn't have to be. My nana, rest in rest in power. She got her PhD when she was sixty. It's like my family just loves wow. going back to school. Yeah, so I'm not the, I'm not that person. So yeah, yeah. Uh, it it is weird, but I've always been able to thrive. Actually, when I wasn't in school, and so I always knew that like I could not wait to be out of school because so in the summer and the breaks, I was just working, doing my thing. That's where I was at my my finest. Yeah, uh, and then school was always a dis- really not it's really a distraction to me. It just didn't allow me to do everything I wanted. I felt like I was always working around school, but now I don't have to do that. Now I can do what I want as long as you know got food and rent is paid and stuff like that. I can do what I want. I can go to these opportunities. I can fly here. I can take off there. Mm. So you know, but now I've been blessed with a network. I've been blessed with um, a mindset, and I've been blessed with a group of uh, family and friends that I can really, um, have at, at my, at my back supporting me and they can be around me, help me make these tough decisions. Uh, cause in this industry, it's all about tough decisions. Um, and in my world, you have less than 24 hours. If you're lucky, they give you a day. If you're really lucky, they give you a couple of days to make decisions, life changing decisions. So, um, Yeah, but it is weird. I haven't really had a chance to, like, really sink it in. I think once I have, like, my grad party and once I really start taking a summer in and getting my next apartment and really planning this next year out, it's probably going to be the kind of the awakening. But also, I don't have this awakening because I've been raised independent, you know, washing clothes and cooking at 8 and ironing at 10. So I never really really was sheltered, really. I mean, obviously, I, I wasn't, like, um, in the streets. I wasn't in the high rise, but like I wasn't, I wasn't sheltered. So I don't, I don't really have that kind of. Oh man, I gotta put my jeans on. It's like I've been doing that ever since. Like I, I know yeah. what I'm doing. It's right. just now I don't have school a part of this independent life. i am an independent since jump. You know what I'm saying yeah. me and my mom. So I had to. So th- it's not really that big of a jump. It's just trying to figure. It's like oh, there's no more breaks. Like there's no school year round. So that's yeah. probably gonna be the weirdest thing for me. It's like. OK, what do I do with my time permanently <laughs> since I currently have no school? Uh, yeah. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I, and, you know, you're already moving in the right direction because that's um, for sure where I want to take our conversation today about, you know, really what the impact of higher education is on you know, the Black community, but especially that of young Black men and the opportunities that are there. Or, and I would even go as far to say the lack thereof of opportunities for Black men when it comes to higher education. So you're already moving in the, in the right direction on that. I love that you already have that sense of initiative and responsibility, I, I I can totally understand too. That is it's fresh, <laughs> just coming off of it. It's like you're still you're still processing it, right? And and trying to really get a full grasp on like, yo, what have I actually done? And of course, the big thing, you know, you got you got a few months, and then then them student loan payments coming, uh, <laughs> them, them services knocking on the door, like yo, I'm glad I'm glad that you're chilling, but um, you know, we're gonna need we're gonna need that big boy paper. You know, big boy paper. So. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) That's what's up. That is what's up. So let's let's get right into it, man. I have my own very contentious relationship, I guess you could say, with higher education and how the system is, is established, how many things are not as transparent as there should be. Um, the imbalance of opportunities that exist is really a rabbit hole. But an issue that I'm extremely passionate about is the financial burden that is created with higher education. You know, the student loan crisis, the ever-increasing cost of going to any university is something that is so it's worse it's, it's bad in general but if you're coming at it from the perspective of the average black person who on average is coming from a working class income who probably is not coming from a dual income household who very much so has not been given the transparency and information of just the cost, the responsibilities that you're going to have to weigh on your back, the things that you are going to have to take on. And more importantly, the things that you are committing to when you make that decision that will consume and possibly control a good part of your life moving forward, even after you're finished. If you're lucky, you get in and out in four years. But even after that four years, the commitments that you've made are going to affect you for realistically decades after that. And part of why it's a big issue and why I'm so passionate about it is there's already a wealth disparity in our communities. We already have a hard enough time liberating ourselves financially and economically. So to then have to take on the expensive burden that is higher education. To me, it seems like a catch 22. This is a good point to start. I'd like to get your thoughts on this. It seems like a catch 22 because you're told, especially if you have immigrant parents, like if you're if you're natively Nigerian or or, you know, any kind of African descent, Haitian from the islands, those kinds of things, it is heavily impressed upon you to get that degree. But even if you're not, in a lot of cases it's pushed upon you from Your parents um, from society get a college degree. Go out there and do that. Like, if there's something that you feel like is attainable, do it. And they tell you some of the positives. On average, you make more money than those that don't have college degrees. Okay, great. You know, there's a level of prestige that comes with people who hold college degrees. Cool. So you're pushed into that. However, you have this ever inflated cost of college education and you already don't have the financial assets to attend that off bat. You you already have that barrier. Cash 22 for me is you're told to go to college to increase your financial viability. However, you can't afford to go in the first place. So you end up having to put yourself deeper in a financial hole to possibly be in a position where you will find yourself hopefully in a position to build wealth. It's like, I was already starting at zero. You're telling me to go down to negative 50,000 so that hopefully you'll get that leap and you'll jump to a hundred thousand. No, that that's not realistic. And even if it is the journey from negative 50 to a (laughs) hundred is beyond what most of our lifetimes
1: are going to be. So, I mean, you just look at uh, the, the history of college, college was forty the elite. Like that's literally what college is made for. Mm-hmm. If you look at the dates these colleges were started, uh, I remember learning in school, you know, like in the revolutionary times and before then, like there were wealthy people send their sons off to school, like to the Yales and Harvards, things of that nature. So college has been an elite thing since its inception. Right. And so even even before whatever college in the religious the categories like back in the day you know the the high priests like to be a priest was a big thing to learn religious text was a big thing so you're an elite already because of knowledge so knowledge has pretty much always been associated with elitism to the fact where people were in church reciting Latin they couldn't read it and that's why Martin Luther King was so important with the Bible the Gutenberg Bible because it's like okay now it's like we're, pre- we're printing this bible so much and everybody can read it in a vernacular it's easy but it's like the religion couldn't even be accessed by the normal people so knowledge is for the most part been associated with elitism and a hierarchy right uh, the yeah. king has knowledge or the scholar has knowledge or going to timbuktu or going to alexandria like that's a privilege it's not like a well i can just walk to the great Library. you know like it's always a privilege so from the from the beginning, knowledge has always been a, a sort of separation. Like, I know more than you, or and then we get to the to the to 20th century, right? We have uneducated parents, right? My grand my grandfather's father, middle school education, maybe. But it my mm. sends my, you know, my grandfather into going to Columbia and Einstein. It's like we have uneducated parents, some of them sending these kids off to college. Cause it's like, okay. I couldn't do it. So that's what, that's what everybody's telling me. You got to go. Right. So knowledge is, knowledge is power. <laughs> Literally knowledge yeah. is power. Yeah. So that's one thing. Um, another thing is there's a lot of kids twenties too, uh, 22s in America or just in the world in general. Uh, we pay taxes for programs. We, I don't know. Like we might be paying for submarines to be made that we don't need, mm-hmm. or we might be paid for a war we've never seen. Right. People were funding the Vietnam War, but it has nothing to do with them. Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of Kiss-22s. Like, that's just that's just how it is. The whole thing, because America and the society is based on debt, like literally. Like the whole thing with Trump, like he, he's rich because he has debt. Like without debt, then the rich don't. Like, people don't understand like being debtless is fine, yeah. but debt is good. And I'm not going to go into that because I'm not an economics major, but people don't right. understand that. Like it's, Debt is actually good. You need to have some debt in order to process because we're 17 trillion in debt. We owe China a lot of that, but yep. somehow China doesn't own us. Like there's a whole bunch of stuff that has something to do with that. Right. And then also it's like student loans have been around so long. I don't even know how integrated it is in the economy. Mm-hmm. Like, I think one of the arguments is, is like we've the there's a part of the economy that floats on student loans. Go so to cut them off. You have to figure out how to supplement that income we're getting, mm-hmm. because that five dollars somebody's uncle is paying or five dollars you're paying.
0: That's
1: there. There's an economic basis somewhere in the government for that. Like mm-hmm. there's a section that says we're gonna fund this out of whatever this program from student loans. Yeah. So for me, it's like I I don't know. You can cancel that student loan debt, but it's like, what, what is your replacement? You gotta have a replacement. It's like if I don't want prisoners to eat peanut butter anymore, well, then the peanut butter factories got to get paid for that. Yeah. And then you need to, you need to find another product to, to submit uh, prisoners, but also it's like, okay, but the peanut factory is a lobbyist and the lobbyists support these states and mm-hmm. these states make pencils. Mm-hmm. So by canceling peanut butter, now you don't have pencils in the schools. Like it, it's so complicated mm. that, I, I I don't even pretend to under, to even like I, so much stuff. Like you think, oh, all we have to do is hard as one program. It's like, you know, it's not, it's not that easy. Like right. we can, we can have demands and everything, but it's like on a global scale, there's so much stuff. Like it's like, yo, we should have American made stuff. I said, do you understand? <laughs> like, no, cause too much. Right. I, 30 cents, I get all my shirts and toys from China. Right. and and then you know it's like, and also you know our products aren't what they used to be either, but it's like you know, making stuff in America expensive, America yeah. does not want to spend money, right? right, other countries are like we're like this it's it's so much stuff going on, and that's why i'm a I'm a history person. history is so important because the more you understand history, then the more you understand what's going on because people they know the basics, okay, uh, moon landing this date, um seventies, disco eighties um whatever like uh, you you know what
0: you made a point about how important the history is in regards to understanding these issues a question I would ask you you just graduated from what is at least presented to be a relatively prestigious university you know one that is supposed to hold this kind of reverence as something that is there for us as a people that's there to liberate us and give us that you know that level of access and opportunity but at the same time it very expensive university to go to and is from my experience did not provide a lot of access and assistance when it came to those who were financially pressed but who also were looking for their opportunity. In your experience, from what you, what you saw from the people that you spoke to, what were some of the things that became evidently clear as an issue or a disconnect while being there at that university?
1: <laughs> um, so I'll say this. Yeah, I mean, you know, HBCU is right, special in our heart. Um, and obviously, none of them are what they started as, right? Morehouse started in a basement of a church, um, you know. And so if you're ever doing anything, you should always check it out, whether it be buying a house or buying a car. Mm-hmm. So especially with HBCU, a small one like Morehouse, you have to dig it. My mom, she scrutinized me like, I'm good. I'm doing it. And so I had the benefit of already becoming a customer to Morehouse. I stayed there. I got connects. Like, it was high school. So I was in it deep. A lot of brothers, no idea what was going on. Either the first time college students, first time HBCU students, never been to Morehouse, didn't do their research. All you know was Dr. King, Spike Lee, Samuel Jackson, and yeah. um, Morehouse, man. Like, which is fine. Like, that's not a problem. But I think that mystique is a detriment to those who dream for a sky that doesn't exist. And what I mean by that is, if you think Kingda Kai is 45 feet, but it, what is it, like 15 or something? Now you're like, well, this isn't what I wanted. I wanted a 40-foot roller coaster. It's like, it's still like one of the highest roller coasters. Right. Nah, it's whatever. So I think that a lot of people have expectations. A lot of people think it's going to be some Willy Wonka chocolate factory. And mm. it's not. Um, it, it, it is a it is a great place. I mean,
0: there's definitely yeah. plenty of chocolate out there. <laughs> no
1: question. Hey, hey, hey <laughs> no hey. question. Hey, man, look, yes, 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 it definitely is full of melanin. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. You see, full of melanin. That all is of the shades, the the <laughs> yes. most
0: delicious shades, for sure.
1: <laughs> for sure. <laughs> shout out, shout out to all my beautiful people. Yes, um, that's also a thing we can dive into majoring at smelming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, No, we, we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. All right, okay. all right. So, so for me, and I have a young boy, right? He hasn't hit me up, but he's from my area and he wants to go to the same programs I want to do. And so I'm like, if you're go- all right, get, here's my number because if you're serious, someone has to break you in. Like, and, and it kind of sounds like jail, but it's like you have to get put on in order to survive out here. You can't just. Walk around with your briefcase and your tie and think it's going to be okay. It's like, no, 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 no. Like yeah. there's classism, right? There's yeah. colorism. Yeah. <laughs> there oh, might yeah. be racism, uh, you know, sexism. Like it's just, and, and people are, you know, throw every phobia out there. It's like, you have to come in strong. You have to come in determined and you have to come in ready to take every hit to any part of your body and keep moving. Right. Right. And so people don't really understand that until it's too late. That's why their retention rate is where it's at. People are okay. just dropping up.
0: That being said, because I agree with you for sure that there there is, you know, evident, tangible classism, colorism, sexism. Like you said, throw the phobias out there. All of that is very much so I would even go as far to say that's ingrained in the culture of the AUC. But with that being the case, isn't there something to be said about when you go to look into a university like that one and you do the tour and you talk to the people and you you interact with the alumni and um, some of the student body, some of the upperclassmen, and they continue to give you the saccharine, sugar-coated, you know, idealized version of what to expect if you were a prospective student. Isn't there something to be said that that's not really on the fault of the prospective student? For those who set their expectations thinking, I'm going to become part of a legacy for my people, or at the very least, and when I say my people, I mean those Each individual's families, or whatever their situation is, to break a mold. For some people, they're the first generation to attend college, period. And then to go to HBCU, that's like huge for them and their family. So when you go and you're told those things, and then the isms and the phobias are presented to you, and you realize what it is, what's to be said for that? You were sold a damaged bill of goods. (laughs)
1: <laughs> i'm glad i'm not president i that that's a good point i think for that i was blessed to have a mix so like i had the mystique but nobody tried like i had the real people like i had alumni and students put me on like more house is great but you know this is what you should and should not eat mm. the showers no um AC, yeah. whatever no <laughs> heat no right it's like don't go here no or go here yes or this professor here or this professor no so I think Morehouse uh, is a company and colleges have become companies and a lot of colleges and universities have forgotten that education is their primary objective and so their mm-hmm. primary objective is to get money and to be prestigious and not to educate yeah. And I feel like unfortunately HBCUs, especially private ones who are underfunded and who have history of corruption and things of that nature are forced to join these other universities and colleges who have left their students behind in order to keep up. Mm -hmm. So they have to increase tuition. They have to sacrifice some things and they have to uh, re-renovate a building that is symbolic mm-hmm. and not instrumental really in student life, right? And so in, in lieu of a dorm or in lieu of, well, how do we keep the library open? Like that's on yes. campus, like yes. it shouldn't close it. Like the research center? Yeah, it's closed at 10, <laughs> it's ridiculous, right? So, yeah. and, and, and again, for me, I have gotten it and I understand everything and I'm not making excuses nor am I, am I trying to talk down? I'm just, this is facts. Like the gym is open or it's not, uh, the weights are there or they're not. And so, yes, it's unfortunate that we have to accept these things as normal, but at the end of the day, it's like, you're getting what they're saying, but you also might get bit, bit in the head or you might get a broken rib. It's it's not you're not getting it. It's what you have to do to get, it. Mm. and I think that's what you're speaking to, and that's kind of the problem. Of it shouldn't be yo son, like M.O.K. son, and 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 Howard thurman's son, and Benjamin mm-hmm. Mason, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yo, in the real bro, in the real, yo, doctor, he wasn't letting people stay, you know, with their girlfriends, bro. He, he was, you know, he, he was he was old schooler. Hey, to yeah. be honest, bro, yeah. Careful! Don't eat every day. Be careful. Mm. Mm. Or, or you know what, bro? Look, Mars is a great school. And I met my great brothers. It's, 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 gonna be dirty sometimes. You're gonna meet some foul people, and you can't trust everybody you see. No,
0: you can't trust so most like- of the people that you see.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Real talk. Hey, 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 hey no. Nah. But it's like, it's but it's become a company, and to be honest. It, some people are so indoctrinated in not even the cult, but in this in this fraternity, mm-hmm. that they they still are they neglect it. Now, I don't want to say it's not abusive, but it's like a relationship where it's like, yeah, they 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 throw me, you know, they, they throw me over the balcony sometimes, but yeah. they make great pie. Mm-hmm. So they'll be like, "Yo, Morehouse did the over thing," but it's like I'm not going to explain to you. You need to like make sure your name isn't spelled wrong, or your email, I leave mean, emails. You need to make sure that your financial aid is straight. You need to yeah. actually yeah. probably make tea for somebody in financial aid to know your name yeah. or like your advisor. You're one out of 400 people, right. so you need to make yourself known. And I was lucky that I had a, a good general advisor, and he he was my boy. Shout out to Mister E, but I feel like the indoctrination is so strong among alumni and maybe some students that. They they can't even see it, and so they they do the same thing that was done to them, and yes. it's a cycle of indoctrination. I don't think it's on purpose. Sometimes I think it's more of just regardless. Morehouse is Morehouse, and I feel like the mystique, instead of being a part of Morehouse, has clotted Morehouse, and it's and it's hiding the the cracks. And I feel like if the cracks were presented in a way that it wasn't like, yo, we're still like dishing stuff out from years ago that we were missing. It's like, I'm like, what like, can we get like a receipt or something? I feel yeah. like if we were, if we released for, this is any school, especially HBCU, let's, let's start releasing receipts. Where's mm. my money going? Okay. Yeah. All right. Somebody's donating this money. All right. Is it going to staff? Is it going to this tech lab? Is it going to the Wi-Fi? Is it going to the football? Like, where is this going? Absolutely. I feel like you don't have to release every receipt, but like maybe like a, like a receipt every couple of quarters, just so just so it's it, it, you guys are trying because again, companies uh here at uh Circle Off and Company, we believe that um everybody's equal, right? Mm-hmm. You can you can give the Gettysburg address every day, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's fine. We can have Crown Forum, we can hold candles,
0: <laughs> yeah, the they're for them. yeah. Oh yeah, my Crown Forum,
1: and you can speak to us for an hour, right? Waste our time, but it's like what about the cockroaches in my bathroom, right? What about the the crime scene shower curtains? What yes. about um? Why don't I have heat? Or why don't I have AC? Why don't I yes. um? Wh- why do I have these dumb hours for these things? Why why am I um? Why is it normalized? Like it 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 it, it didn't hit me how crazy things were until I was explaining to my father, right? Uh, that's another story, another day, but I was just explaining to him things that had happened over my tenure in Morales. Mm-hmm. And he and he was like, wait a minute, gun this, rob this. But for me, it was nothing because mm-hmm. I had become so normalized the violence surrounding the campus and everything that mm-hmm. it's like, holy crap, like this isn't normal. People getting robbed and people pulling out guns of somebody's waist on campus, homies bringing girls in the LFC, they get robbed by them. I'm like, yo, what? And yeah. so it's an <laughs> a, it's, yeah, it was crazy. Like it's it's an unfortunate kind of prison indoctrination of all right, after a certain number of days, you get your gang and you bang it out. Yeah. And for better or for worse. And so I really feel like it's luck of the draw. It's you either get a mix of, all right, morals is great. Here's how you really make it great and survive. Mm. Or it's like, yo, bro, like 1972. Yeah, and then you, you push forward and you're going to do this. You're going to do that. And remember, I'm OK, I'm OK, which it, that's a whole other thing. And I feel like uh, I think the word is lionizing and, and idolizing certain figures and alumni. Again, it's more of a name and not focus on the college.
0: That feels very disingenuous. Speaking now anecdotally, from my experience especially, but also from A lot of the men that I have spoken to that I either attended with or um, just speaking to in a general form, people who graduated years ago, whatever the case may be, it seems very, very disingenuous that those figures are, and you used a great word, they are very much so lionized in a way that is to almost facilitate. And to continue to propagate that image of we still operate on that standard. This is still the gold-plated standard that we operate on. You're gonna get that same experience and those same benefits. There's no way that any of that is factual. It doesn't because it, it doesn't align the values of which they speak on. That you're constantly reminded of, and that you are told almost indoctrinated into believing that this is what a Morehouse man stands for. This is what Morehouse men are made out of. Right. This is these this is what makes their metal. But then you look around at the same people that are supposed that are telling you that, the same people who are supposed to be walking that walk, and that's not them. They don't even embody those things but you are told this is why you're here this is how we're justifying your experience don't complain about the price because this is the justification this is the experience that you're gonna get out of it so it makes all of that worth it it's supposed to be worth it but then let's let's go back right let's let's rewind okay Let's go back. We are 18 again. We're we're talking to someone who's 17, 18, getting ready to leave high school, just graduate. They have options on the table. They can go to HBCU, then go to Morehouse College, go to the AUC, or they have some PWIs on the table that are closer, that are, let's say, a fraction of the price for attendance, tuition. Is it worth... A young black man to go to an HBCU and go through the challenges and struggles that we've already detailed, or is does it really make a difference? Would they be better off going to a PWI or somewhere else comparable for less money and honestly the same piece of paper?
1: I feel like it's dependent on who we're talking to because... If you're not if, if HBCU has nothing to do with your legacy, then I'm talking to you from a collegiate level. Mm. But if you're indoctrinated and like you know your parents with the family and, and 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 Fisk and then your other people with the hand that I get Howard, it's like I'm always going to advocate from an HBCU standpoint. Mm. Like, but I know there are PWIs like Saint John's is very diverse, so it's like if there's a diverse PW people of color. And then, like, the program is better and it makes more sense. I'm like, yo, bang it out there, you could transfer. Or just bang it out there, maybe grad school. Mm-hmm. But I, because my uncle went to PWI undergrad with Tuskegee for veterinary school. So you can always go there for free, but I feel like it's where you're at. So for me, I'm the only person to go to HBCU undergrad. But I am surrounded by people who, like, my great-grandmother went to Hampton in the 1920s. So, like, I had that legacy. I have the Howard legacy, and I have the PWI HCU kind of window, and I and I wasn't going to go to Morehouse because of the bread, and so I feel like Morehouse specifically, you got to really want to go there. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't just tell people to go to Morehouse. Like I would scrutinize them with questions, and I would really sit down and explain to them everything I know, and said you have to love it, and you have to want it mm. because if you don't you know, wasting their time and money. And so yeah. for me I always would do HBCU but if they didn't care I would come to them on a collegiate level based on their per- their personality and what they need and what the situation is. Now one specifically you yeah it has to be something inside of you. And it has to be beyond the, the student ambassadors tour. And beyond the, I saw the video and the NSL. Yeah, NSL is a week, bro. You shouldn't be there for four years, right? The whole brick thing cool for two seconds. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like the and, whole, yeah. god brother's back. <laughs> They're not going to have
0: your back. And, really. and that that in itself was capped. I hate to be that guy, but <laughs> to me, on some soldier type shit, we all marching, talking about, I got my brother's back. I got my brother's back. I'm like, yo. <laughs> When it came down to it, there were times where I needed someone to have my back realistically, and I needed that network of support. And what I received was in my face, right? Every time. So since you're you're advocating from the HVCU side, I'll let you go first. What would you say are some of the advantages over going to... A PWI or any other kind of institution by going to an HBCU. And what are some of the you just can't get that anywhere else reasons?
1: Um, it's funny. I was on a panel like in the in the middle of like now, nah, I think it was it was right after freshman year, I was in a panel literally discussing this. Um, obviously I was just spouting out pamphlets, but now I can really for me, besides the stuff you can look on Google personally. It's the friends you make. And, and maybe it was just my path, but everybody I've met, I wasn't gonna meet anywhere else. And we talked about that. A lot of my homies actually were gonna go to St. John's, like maybe we end up here. And so it's the tight knitness of that, of that brotherhood and the tightness of the brother, sister, or whatever. But for me, morehouse, it was the tightness of that brotherhood, right? Like I'm not gonna find a lot of anywhere else, I'm not gonna find you anywhere else, or my boy AD or my boy J-E. Or Cedric, like these brothers aren't gonna be anywhere else. Right. They're not, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it, there's no, there's no CTEMS program anywhere else. The CTEMS is not a perfect program, but it was it was a tight knit And we all went in that joint together. I'm not in the class if of too faceless. Like I'm professors, I can email them, they respond, I can shake their hand, I can ask them out for lunch. Professor Callejas, Dr. Vareen, right? Yeah. yeah. So you know. It was a personal thing. Like I'm at yo, Professor, you my mentor, of course. I gotta, I gotta track down uh, Robin Williams, rested power, and I gotta stay on top of a chair and Mm. sail Captain my captain. Mm. (laughs) 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what is this a separate piece? I gotta, I gotta run in my trousers and I gotta track down Mrs. Robinson. like, what am I doing? Like it's, it's like I, um, it's like I don't higher learning is very exaggerated but again it's like i come from a from a area with limited black people Mm. and i come from a public system with limited black people Mm -hmm. and so for Mm -hmm. me coming to hbcu it not only reaffirmed my blackness it just helped me be human Mm. and so i never had to worry about being black so then i'm a better human and i'm more capable of being out in the world like It is weird when you come back and see white people, but after a while that means nothing because you're moving in a space where also if you do your own stuff, you honestly don't have to deal with non-black people. Like people think you you don't have to do that to be successful. (laughs) Look at Tyler Perry. I mean, it's like you don't have to deal with non-black people to be successful. So that's a myth one. And in two, if your humanity is solidified, nothing else matters. Mm. So I can walk into anybody's daddy, color, ethnicity, whatever your identity is and I'm confident. And now I got the back of humans mm-hmm. who happen to be of the African diaspora. Mm-hmm. And now I am a human that happens to be, I'm not a black director, I'm a director that happens to be black. Mm. I can direct the Twilight Mm. Zone episode. I can direct the Friends episode. Hell, I'll direct the damn Kirby Enthusiasm episode. because I know what the hell I'm doing. And I wasn't focused on telling a black story. My capstone is my story that happens Mm. to be with black people in it. Like, Mm. you've seen the film. Yeah. His blackness, like, okay, yeah, he has a Malcolm X poster in the back, but I'm not having him say power to all people every six seconds. It's like, he literally is going through a mental health struggle and he happens to be black. If I was at a PWI, they might be like, why don't you guys talk about a social justice issue personally here? Mm. Like, do I really have to make another, like, you know how many films I've seen, bro, about the freaking black lives matter? Like, there's enough. Right. I don't want to do that. Right. And so, uh, besides those things, I also feel like there's an air of, well, if you want to give back to your community, you gotta live in it. And so mm. you may not live in a predominantly black community, mm. but if you go to HBCU, now you kind of get a sense of what we need, right? We need we we need uh we, we need brothers and sisters to really sit down and talk to one another more. We we need we need we need brothers and sisters to understand that there's an equality gap within the equality gap. Mm. We need brothers and sisters and everybody that identifies in between and outside around that, that their skin color there's your hood there's your zone we there's so much stuff that breaks us down in little sections yeah but we all maybe like shrimp. are we all like stuffing are we all like this car that car no matter where you're from your zip code we had that commonality and those commonalities are what's going to stop separation
0: yeah.
1: because literally it, so it's like the separation of society is face value then it's internal, then it's right down to your freaking organs. Mm. Oh, they have high thighs. What are you talking about? The high are they, thighs? High <laughs> thighs and big butts. Big butts and high thighs. It can't be yeah. Big butts and, I was like look up Ew. Jimmy the <laughs> Greek. Real dude you, rest of you
0: <laughs> let you let somebody <laughs> walk on. Any campus you let somebody walk right. on more houses' campus from the outside and walk up on one of the homies and be like, Yo,
1: man, yo, y'all different. I here. y'all got high thighs and nice butts. He'd
0: be like, Yo,
1: here. Oh.
0: like, Yo, 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 relax. No, 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 that's that's different. <gasps>
1: different. you know, it's like, Yo, what's up? And it's like, again, post post dramatic s- slavery disorders on both sides, not just with us, but from how people look at us, yeah, and how people. Feel like I am It's For me it's like Why are you looking at me Like I don't belong here And I'm like I've been here Longer than I like guess people that have just gotten To this country are racist to me I'm mm. like I can't even fathom that I'm like mm. yo I've been here For a minute you right. just moved into my Neighborhood you're looking I'm walking in my Neighborhood you're looking at me bro yeah. You're looking at me yeah. I've grown up here You got to know to be racist to me Bro Right. right I was right. like you do know you were colonized, right? Like you do peak that y'all got independence like yesterday. Like you do peak there, right? Like right, no right, one understands right, right. that's like you understand, like you got you got your independence in the 20th century. Do you understand No. Like it's bad regardless. It's like mm. there's levels. It's like okay, white people, are, white people can go to sleep and just leave other people to be racist for them.
0: I I want to stop you right there because you're getting to the point that I, I want to get to in a moment. Because I think there are two very different worlds when it comes to that level of elitism in black space and that level of elite, elitism in the divisions that happen in other communities. But I just want to go back for a second. You hit on a lot of points that I agree with for sure when it comes to the HBCU experience. I'm not exactly on the other side of the spectrum from you, but I definitely wouldn't say that I am the most obstinate advocate of the HBCU life, but I will say this. I think that when it comes to things that, that make the HBCU experience superior, for sure, it's going to be about people that you encounter. I mean, you said it perfectly, how you learn to acclimate to blackness. And what that really means, and finding that community in that space, because although you know my experience was less than stellar, <laughs> I still feel I would not change it. I wouldn't do it any differently. Yeah, I still would have made that decision, and and glad I'm glad that I made that decision because I learned so much about myself, and so much about not just me as a, as a person and as a man and, and, and what I want to become and what it really takes to become that, but also putting into perspective and actualizing what the black experience means and just how many layers it actually has Mm. and how many different ways we as a people can come at that experience and all still end up in the same boat, which terrible choice of words. But <laughs> how that's ah. still one of the things that I definitely agree with you wholeheartedly is there were brothers that I encountered that I I don't even call them friends. Like I said, I call them brothers now mm-hmm. because of the things that we spoke about. The things that we experienced together, the experiences that taught us about ourselves and our world and the things that we had to encounter, that was something that I truly don't believe I could have experienced anywhere else. And I don't think that I could have experienced at any other time in my life either. It could I could have had a similar experience in another environment at another point in time, but it wouldn't have the same level of impact. And it most certainly would not have had the effect that it had on how I moved forward from that point. Had I not done it, if I went anywhere else, it would have been very different. Mm -hmm. And and I would have a different perspective of who I am and, and what that means. And I would even go as far to say that I might not even have the same level of confidence and assuredness in myself one thing that i definitely learned and i talk about it all the time is just how multifaceted the black experience is Mm -hmm. and how many different perspectives there are that all that that all are encompassed under this umbrella that we call blackness i didn't truly understand that until I got there, growing up, I was placed in environments that were very diverse. So I saw many cultures. I was familiar with, you know, Hispanic culture. I was familiar with certain Asian cultures. I was familiar with certain Eastern European cultures, um, Caribbean. Like I, I saw all of that growing up, and I'm grateful because it, I think, in many ways, facilitated the open mindedness that I have to everyone's lived experience. But when it came to what blackness really is and what that experience really encompasses, I didn't really know what that was. Like I had my idea of what I wanted it to be and the part my the part that I wanted to play in it. But I, I didn't really know and or I guess really understand. I wasn't able to comprehend how much. How it varies in different places, you know, and being able to go there and especially in Atlanta of all places, which is one of my all-time favorite places ever, you know, <laughs> because you get people from everywhere mm-hmm. and to encounter black people, and I mean blackly black people, like we ain't just talking like <laughs> like we already said the shades, right? <laughs> the the different flavors that are there. To really get that experience from those of so many different walks of life, meeting people from Cali, meeting people from Washington, people from Arkansas. I met this really dope chick from Oklahoma, and I even remember I asked her, and this was just me being, I guess, ignorant, but I asked her anyways. I was like, yo, there are Black people in Oklahoma? Understandably, she was a little offended. She was like, "Yo, like you ain't really just asking me Like, yeah, there, there are plenty of us. And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," but like, no, nah, seriously, there are black people in Oklahoma. Like, right? I didn't know. <laughs> right? and, and I'm sitting there. Oh, That's man. crazy to me, and I didn't realize that And then to meet someone like her, who was, you know, super dope, had a, a wonderful, amazing mind, who was gorgeous right? It's like, yo, this exists, right? Mm-hmm. But it, but I think what really put it in perspective for me, and really, again, what makes it superior is I was able to experience that and still be able to have conversations like this and talk about the Black experience and the Black mm-hmm. struggle. That's what brought it home for me. This, you can't get this anywhere else. At 10.30 on a Saturday, you know, we might just be kicking and chilling. We could really talk about like, man, the systemic issues. We could talk about the the black experience. We can talk about, you know, the disparities in wealth, disparities in political power, disparity. I mean, we can go and we can have that conversation too, all with the same people. That to me is what makes that experience superior on the flip side of that, I can't say for everyone that that justifies going. And I can't say that that's going to justify making that commitment for yourself. And I can't say that that's going to justify taking on that financial burden. And honestly, some of the challenges you're going to have to experience with that, right? Because it's going to happen. You're going to come in especially being a young man like I did, you're going to have a lot of questions about yourself, about what's going on, and questions that are going to arise because of that experience, because of the challenges that you have, right? And there were plenty of experiences where I know there were a lot of questions that were being asked about oneself From a male perspective, what am I trying to do? Who am I trying to become? Let my man Jack Harlow say it.
1: Am I fancy enough? Am I dancing enough? Am I handsome enough?
0: Those kinds of questions you're asking yourself. (sighs) And it's, it's a very serious transition. And like you said, if it's not something that you're really dedicated to doing, and not something that you really feel like you can withstand. I just, I couldn't recommend it. I couldn't, even given those points that make it superior, I couldn't recommend it because all of that's going on at the same time. And I don't think that that for everybody is a worthy experience.
1: No, it's fair. Like I said, you know, you go back to that college thing. Like my, my dad didn't go to college and he's like, he's he's making the money that everybody else is in this field. And so it's like he told me college wasn't for everything. So from his standpoint, college wasn't a big thing. But from my mom's family, like I'm gonna be the only one. So it was it was never. I was thinking about college, high elementary school. So you know, and so a college is, yeah. I I will never tell someone to go to college, like yo, here you go, kid. Like that is something that's a big decision, and also. It has to be easy and, and and feasible, cause I can't just be like, you know what, bro, you'll find a way, you know. Saying wish upon a star, nah, man. Like literally night before, night before decision day, Godfather style. My dad sits in my mom's office, no light. He's like, "You really want a more house?" I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "If you mess up, I'll pull you out and show you to the community." Okay, like it's 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 that it's like. St. John's, like, you should go there, but I'm gonna give you a shot. It's then we'll get one shot, and so yeah. it's like I literally went on a whim, and I and I did what I did, but like holy crap, what is that? And again, mm-hmm. people, some people, uh, you know, and I had I had a, I had that plus fifty two other pressures, right? Like my grandma was skeptical because I was mm-hmm. the first one going outside the tri state area, mm-hmm. so I'm going outside the tri state area, going to a HBC- to you i'm by myself nobody closest for the year i got cousins but it's no one's really close here and i'm doing people are like what is this film thing i'm doing Mm -hmm. that so it's just i had all these other pressures and so imagine you first time college imagine Mm -hmm. your first time you being out of your town or whatever right
0: yeah
1: you in a city by yourself you don't know nobody else you 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 got a trunk (laughs) your trunk is everything you ever own. Is in his truck. You got two pairs, nigga, two pairs, two shirt. You know That's what I'm saying? It. You got just, 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 the, just, the, all you got is a Harry Potter truck. <laughs> and you, and you just, all you got is the Hogwarts standard edition truck.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and you expected to come out four years and, and lift up the family. <laughs> what? Yeah. It's like, yo, it's insane. And, then, and I feel like they do have the FYE and like, you know, Dr. Davis is open, but like, Dr. Davis is one person and like, If they had more widespread, yo, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if they Mm -hmm. did have these programs, but I feel like they should have more widespread first year, like mandatory. If you're a first year college student, come to these programs and get paired up with a mentor or Mm -hmm. get paired up with somebody. Mm -hmm. Or if you're from out of town or if, you know, like certain categories should get certain programs. Because I feel like, like you said, you're just thrusting your own. Oh, yo, party. Party tonight. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, I never went yeah. to a party before. Right. right? Or I never been out past 10 before. Right. Or I always go to church on Wednesday. There's a party on Wednesday or I never go to church. It's so many stuff going on. And I was blessed. I was blessed to be raised like they was raised back in the day. And I was also raised a city kid. So I had sense about me. But you got kids out here never left a they left a two mile radius. They get they go crazy. GPA. They to 1.8. Like. What? oh yeah oh yeah 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 <laughs> yes <laughs> 1.8 they, they wake up you are now on academic suspension and probation yeah, what they're stressing out about that scholarship laws you know it's just, and it's and insane.
0: going back to that catch 22 you get in a situation like that and don't take it seriously enough which i feel like is sometimes too much to ask of honestly a bunch of kids because you, been, you've been given adult responsibilities and you're 18 for the most part. So you're still kids. So you get that. That's your situation. Then we'll have, let's say you on scholarship, like a lot of people there were, and you yes. get there and that's your situation. That GPA drop, that financial aid going down the toilet. It's done. So. And so now you find yourself in that situation. You are trying to put your family, put a legacy on your back, whether that be for yourself, or them, whoever it is. And you already couldn't afford it in the first place. Now you're in a situation where the opportunity was afforded to you, things happened, things turned around, and now you lost that. What are you supposed to do in a situation like that? I'll say this too, and this is a hot take, okay? I personally feel in general, piggybacking off of what you just said fresh your freshman first year experience whatever you want to call it every university has a name for it there should be more programs and more processes put in place honestly for you to just go in and fuck off i'm gonna be honest i think there should be because in a lot of cases you're paying grants you know if we're talking about hbcu private college like morehouse you paying upwards of 40 45 A year but even if you're going to a a smaller place a local university whatever you're still paying a couple grand you're going as a kid you're taking on this commitment and responsibility and there's a lot of freedom like you were alluding to you're afforded these opportunities now you have this freedom you have this autonomy the world is open to you Right, you're out there, and now you have the access and opportunity to go and enjoy yourself in a way that you haven't before and to explore yourself in a way that you had not previously been afforded. I think there should be way more programs, maybe, maybe go even as far to say it should be mandated. That at the very least, if not the whole first year, then at least that first semester. You should be given ample opportunities to just go and enjoy yourself. If you're the party person, then you get all your partying in and do your thing and hit every fraternity and do that. If that means exploring the city or the area, do that. If that means getting involved with extracurricular things on your campus, do that. But that should be encouraged heavily. I feel like in the long run, it would alleviate a lot of these other things. For those who have the internal battle of, do I go to college? I'm supposed to be learning about myself. I'm supposed to be developing and building like we've already addressed. But in order to do that, you have to enjoy yourself. But I also got to make that balance of, (laughs) I got to stay on top of this work, though. And if you're coming at it from the average Black experience, you really got to stay on top of it because otherwise you can't afford to be there. It's raps for you. So you have to do that. But then you get that again, another catch 22. Can I really go and enjoy myself and really get out there and do what I want to do? Or do I have to worry about making sure that I'm maintaining this stuff? Because I know if anything slips, it's over with. No one's coming to rescue me. No one's coming to save me. I'm getting sent right back home. I personally feel like it should be a given at the very least for a first semester deal. And this is the other thing. I think there should be a credit hour cap on your first year. You should not be able to go beyond 15 credit hours, I think is where I would place that cap. It shouldn't even, it shouldn't be allowed. It, It shouldn't be because again, you need that time to go and have that experience, to experience the things that we just addressed, to make those connections, to explore those areas, to explore those environments, so you can become the you that you're going to become. That will then further be given credibility when you actually get the degree, but it's really about you and who you become in that process. But you can't do that if you come in your freshman gear and you trying to get ahead of the game, right? Because you trying to save that money. You don't want to do extra years or extra semester. So you trump yourself up oh, with 22 credit hours. You're putting this legacy on your back. You're trying to prove to someone, whether it be yourself, your family, friends, whoever, I can do this. I will be successful here. I'm trying to be a part of the legacy of this university. I'm trying to prove that to myself or someone. And then I have to worry about the financial burden. I have to stay on top of my thing so that I don't fall behind and lose this opportunity. That's a lot to put on someone who just recently gained the ability to vote, who doesn't even have the legal ability to
1: drink alcohol. Yeah, it's a, a good point. I mean, I, logistically, I, I don't really know how that would work. Also, colleges aren't going to allocate over the really care too much, but I do think you have a good point. And to, to Morehouse's credit, and oh, I can't speak on any other colleges, but what I've heard and seen of other colleges that i toured, everything, there are things in place. It's just that these are op- optional. And so, with the mandate, mandates are pros and cons, right? So, yeah, I was forced to do a lot of things, especially white parents. No one cares. Kids have no rights. And someone yes, else having yeah. no rights. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> kids, have no rights, kids have no rights. So black yeah. children having no rights, we we did a lot of things that benefit us in the long run. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of things that's like, ugh. But we're 18 coming in, maybe 18, 16. I mean, Spelman has yeah, maybe a 22 minors, right? But for the most part, 16, 17 and up. Right? 16 to 18 freshmen. Maybe transfer. Nobody wants to come to school and be like, we got to do these camp exercises. Now, granted, it'll help, but after NSO, that tired week of. What is this? What is this? What is this? What is this? Full metal jacket? What, know, what's going on over here? You know, you know <laughs> what, what, do, what do I do it, bro? What, I don't have no white teeth. I want to have a white teeth standing around. I don't <laughs> think you know, what they, they really
0: know. had us what, what was that? A mile run that morning? <laughs> it was or just whatever that was.
1: The, the AUC that for who the, the bell tolls the bell tolls for my bed. I'm out, <laughs> but that's a so other thing. But I do. I do think that there can be more emphasis, <clears throat> and I do I do feel you on that. I think someone said, not throw away freshman year, but I think there has been discussion of more leniency in freshman year. I nice. definitely feel like the first semester there should be more leniency. But, again, the caveat to that is, like, college is predicated on four years. And so, boo-hoo, you got to do it. Like, I did, like, and I did it well. I partied. And I and I prayed and I took my midterms and then I partied. Hey, You can do it. Mm-hmm. So from I'm from I'm from Hard Knocks. So I'm not from the no, I'm from the all right, then then don't go to the party. <laughs> or don't yeah. go to it's like for me, I'm from the hard knocks. So you do it all or you don't because you came here to learn. My grandfather, he 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 can't even fathom having fun at college. He, he's like, What you guys are there to learn? What are you doing? You know, but he, you know, he's, he's 16, right? That's the old Going school. Up, you know. that's yeah, the he's old school, school right? Old school. Graduating, you know, graduating at 16, right? Then graduating 20, 20. So he's old school, right? So they pushed that on my mom. So for me, I, I'm from a standpoint of, I get that, but also that's literally what college is about. It's about that balance. Mm-hmm. So if you give me that leeway in college, it's like it kind of defeats the purpose of me being here. Now, first semester, that more emphasis could be that makes sense. Okay, you guys just got here. We're gonna like try to push you guys forward, but after this first semester, you guys come back to pulling on your own. I think there can be validity to that. It just has to have a name and it has to be very specific and then it has to benefit the college in some way. Because again, colleges companies now, so companies aren't going to invest in. I mean, uh, you know, different world with like Orange Glow. Uh, I don't know if that was real, but I think my Mom said it was real. But apartheid. So. Mm-hmm orange globe as a company doesn't care about apartheid they care about money but once they see enough people boycotting them because of apartheid right. then they dip out so if enough people advocated for this in schools, see that okay the backlash is so much that we'll do it then maybe it could work but we really have to visualize what that looks like how to implement that how to keep track of or what our class my class, what, it's like over 500 brothers, 600. It was a lot. One of the biggest yeah. classes ever, right? Yeah. How do yeah. you keep track of everybody? I can't keep track of everybody. Yeah. So it's like keep track of these people, right? Then it's like how people going to respond. People already don't respond well to form or any of these dumb mandatory things. And so man- mandates defeat the purpose of college. So therefore you have to figure out how to instill Fun mandates that aren't like a mother or a father or a parental figure. So yeah. that's 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 really what I would see as the big pushback. But I do I do feel like there's validity in more implementation of just as freshman year, we're gonna help you do that. And Morehouse did have that stuff, but it was here's this email from the office of career advancement development, whatever. Here you go. But right. it's like if you're not about that life, no one's coming, bro. Like we got cookies or y'all got a movie or can I meet a Spelman girl over there? Like, yeah. Dark person. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Can I meet GSU? Can I, can I get some popcorn? Like, I ain't got nothing to go over there for. What, what am I doing? And um, I mean, this, this society is all about what am I getting? Or it's all about what am I consuming? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. unless you all, you know, so people aren't going to come. So, that is valid, but also college is about literally that. So, you're literally coming for that. And yeah, that's why some people take a gap and then they go do it. But it's like, that's really what it's for. So it is unfortunate. And I feel like some people aren't ready and don't have the skills to do that balance. It's
0: a, it's, it's a give and take though, because I agree yeah. with you wholeheartedly that colleges are businesses first and the fiduciary responsibility of every business is to make paper. They have to bring in revenue. So that I understand. One of the ways you would handle a situation like that is you, you think in the vein of a business. If you want to have good employees, you have to make them feel like they're pouring something into the company and they're getting poured back into. I got to pour my time in. You want me to do these 40 hours, these 50 hours a week? Then I need to feel like I'm getting something out of that, right? I need, I need sufficient weight compensation. I need to have... Programs, if you know, if you got kids, daycare things that's why companies usually are the main purveyors of insurance providing for a lot of people because that's one of the bare minimum things that they can do to, hey, we care about your well being as an individual. I mean, it's in that case, it's really so that you can be a productive worker, but that's a separate conversation. But that's been given to you to make you feel like they're pouring back into you. So I think I could see, obviously it's not perfect. And absolutely there are pros and cons to any mandate, but I think one of the ways to smooth over a situation like that is there has to be that quid pro quo. If, if we're, if we have to put X amount of dollars into this University into this institution, which, like you said, and I am with you 100. You don't get real receipts on. You don't know where that money goes. You get into those those rooms, those dorms. You get into those bathrooms. You ain't got no hot water. Toilets be backed up. You got ramen next to toothpaste in the sink. It don't make any sense. Oh my
1: god, bro! (laughs) Don't get me started on ramen. Oh, you started in the hair
0: and right. So. It would be different if you're putting that kind of money into it. And now you feel like you're getting something back out of it other than obviously your education, but you can do that anywhere. What am I getting here? That makes me feel like I'm getting commensurate reciprocity here with this situation. And I think that's how you set that up. It's like, yeah, as a university, you got to come out and be like, listen, we're aware. We know that this is a Big commitment. This is a big financial burden that you're putting on yourself. And we also are acknowledging that you really are adults. It's a lot you're putting on yourself, and now you're open, you're in this position that's open to you now. You want to live life and experience that. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna give back to you. We're GPA, that joint ain't gonna take a hit. Whatever you get, we we're gonna keep that right there. We're not gonna let that hit. You're not allowed to go over 15 credit hours because we want you to have time to enjoy and do what you need to do. You know, what whatever the case may be, because I get it, it is a business and it's about that revenue. But there are ways to do it, just like companies have to figure out ways to give back to their employees to make them want to be there and and to have good employees. That's how you have retention and not turnover. That's how you keep your graduation rates up. Because I, and I don't know the data on this because I don't know if this has been tried yet, but I would go on the limb and say if things like this were implemented, especially if we're going to talk about for the parts of the student body that are of color, specifically those from lower incomes, lower classes, I would put my own money on it, that that would probably increase retention rates. Just that transition alone. And retention means money. So that's a win-win. Everybody's winning in that situation black I velvet coming through your airways. airways. thank you for listening to another episode of Menstruation. if you enjoy what you're hearing please park it on whatever platform you're listening from and share it with your people with bring your people. some more builders into the building space to help us do this brick by brick stone by, by stone, stone. Next, Next week, we we'll have, have the, the rest of our conversation, conversation with our great, great brother Mansa, so keep it long.